The following is a special presentation from Pastor Joanne Ramsey and Speak the Word Ministries. We trust God's Word will bless you as you listen to this message. Here's Pastor Joe. A lot of you are, uh, are probably familiar with uh, E.W. Kenyon. Uh, he's gone home to be with the Lord a long time ago. But he said this young man walked up to him one day and said, This faith business has me whipped. He said, the pastor preached on it Sunday. However, he didn't tell me how to get faith, but he told me the necessity of having faith and told me what it would do, but he didn't tell me how to get it. He said, the pastor quoted those wonderful words from the lips of Jesus as all things are possible with him that believeth. If you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you would say. In other words, we are all good saints at quoting scriptures, but everyone is not familiar with the Bible. Everybody's not familiar with God's Word. I've done everything. The man said, I've done everything. The young man said, I have tried to get it. I have done everything that I know or anyone else could tell me, but it seems to be elusive. He said, can you tell me where the difficulty lies? Saints, how many in here today or those listening online that can relate to this young man's situation? You know, we, we, we want faith. We believe we have faith, but how do we get it to operate? How do we get it to work in our lives? And there are some far out ways out there how people talk about getting it activated. That, that's not the way it gets activated, so we won't go into that. <laughs> Holy Spirit activates himself, praise God. Most of us don't realize that it's Satan. That is, he's the one that's trying to convince you that you don't have enough faith. But we all know from John 8, 44, we all know that Satan is a liar. And according to the word, he's the father of lies. Beloved, you do have faith. Romans 12, 3 says we each have been given a measure of faith. And of course, like Brother Greg was saying earlier, he has muscles and Schwarzenegger has muscles. But they're not all the same. <laughs> I work out too. But my muscles are not the same. <laughs> but we both need to work out a little bit more. But, but you know, I do believe that, you know, faith comes by hearing, hearing comes from the Word of God. But you have to work the faith, you know, and faith works by love too. You know, those two, they just kind of join together. But the more you focus on the Word of God, the more you have to exercise your faith just like you exercise anything else. And the more you exercise your faith, the more that faith is going to grow. And when Brother Greg starts working out, we're going to know that next year. <laughs> because there's always evidence, right? There's evidence. <laughs> and, we, and we heard that. We heard that. Brother Kenyon told the young man, faith comes through the Word of God. He says, faith comes from hearing, according to Romans 10, 17. He said to the young man, he said, you have faith in the man to whom you work. He, promised you, he promises you a raise in salary, and you wouldn't question that. He said, you have faith in the bank where you do business. And if they told you that you're, you were overdrawn, he said, you wouldn't question that. And I'll add one more to that. If you went to the doctor and the doctor gave you a bad report, you would believe that. And let me say this, when Pastor Greg was speaking and he was talking about carrying those spiritual scissors around with you, the Lord impressed upon me, well, the Bible says, <laughs> he says that, uh, that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that rises up against you, you shall show to be in the wrong. So when I say things that I shouldn't, and I do sometimes, we all do. I don't care how spiritual you are. You're going to say things sometimes that you shouldn't. 
So what I do when that words come out of my mouth that I know are not wrong, that I know that are wrong, I say, Lord, I, I repent of that. I, I repent of those words that I just spoke, and I rebuke those words in the name of Jesus Christ, and I command them to hit the ground and not bear any fruit in the name of Jesus. And if I went into the doctor or anyone else and they gave me a bad report, I would sit there and I would listen out of respect. But just because you're listening don't mean that you got to agree. Right. See, it's who you come into agreement with that's important. So you show them respect. You don't have to be ugly. God don't want you to be ugly. But you go into the doctor, so you went to get his advice. And one thing about going to the doctor, I don't like to go to the doctor, but if I needed to go, I would. But my husband and I, we both try not to go. We, we, we pray over it and trust the Lord to take care of it. And like I said, it depends on our faith level is more in one thing than it is the other. As uh, Pastor Cindy was saying earlier, you know, uh, we have different levels of faith for different things. And, and let me uh, describe it this way. Maybe you have two water hoses. Maybe you have a little water hose like this that you use to water your garden with. And over here, you've got a fire hose. And we know when they turn that on, a lot of water comes out of it, right? But you turn this one on, you get some, maybe. <laughs> there, there are some things that I have more faith in that's like the fire hose. And then there are some things that I have faith in and is more like the hose. Because we all operate in different levels of faith we all operate in different gifts and anointings. Mm -hmm. And so we're all not going to all share those same anointings. You know, we're not going to have the same anointings that others. You may share some of the anointings and the gifts that others have. But like you said, don't feel bad if you've got faith to pray for migraines, but you don't have faith to pray for diabetes. That's my point. You might have a gift to pray for people with cancer. You might have a gift to pray with somebody or something like this, and you, you, know, and you get results. But it depends on, you know, you'll have certain anointings. And that doesn't mean you can't pray for all of them. I'm just saying that sometimes the anointing can be stronger in some areas than in other areas. Do you hear me? Yes. I want to clear that up. is because you don't have to agree with the doctor. It's, it's, it's not a sin to go to the doctor. But you don't have to agree with them. Be very careful that you don't agree with them. When you get outside, say, Lord, you are my physician. You get the last word here, and this is what your word says. By his stripes I am healed, that Jesus took it all on himself, and I don't have to bear this, Lord, so you and I, we're going to go with this. So that's the way you can handle it. You don't, you know, just like I said, just be careful who you agree with. You, it's, the, the, situ, the thing here is coming into agreement. Be just be careful who you agree with. You and I are one with our word, and God is, is one with his word. God stands behind every word and every promise. He said, I watch over my word to perform it according to Jeremiah 1.12. His word is the foundation of everything, so he backs his word up. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away. He said, but my word shall never pass away. Thank God. Hallelujah. He tells us that in Matthew 24. And as I said earlier, I pray by the end of the day, from all of the teaching and the preaching on faith, that you'll be ready to receive your miracle today. Because I'm really, uh, truly expecting to see miraculous, the miraculous happen here today. I'm here prepared to see the miraculous and a supernatural manifestation of the Holy Spirit. I think we've already been uh, experiencing 
the presence of the Holy Spirit, and I believe we we're going to see more manifestations of that. I have prayed, and, and, and I believe that Jesus is personally going to walk between the aisles in every row in here, and I don't believe a person in here that's going, that is open to receive that Jesus is not going to touch. And you're going to feel it when He does. You're going to feel it when He does. He's going to walk right through here, and you're going to feel His Spirit, just as the Holy Spirit. Just as our Father, they're all here. And they just just going to love on you. So just keep in mind, keep your minds opened to what He has in store for you. And when He passes your way, and you'll know it, just take what He's got. Whatever that is you need in prayer for today, you can take it while I'm preaching. You don't have to wait until I finish preaching. Because faith comes from hearing, and hearing comes from the Word of God. So you don't even have to wait for your miracle. Jesus is here to perform all miracles. He's the miracle worker. The Holy Spirit is here. He's a working. He's up here. He's a working through me today. If He wasn't working through me today, I wouldn't be up here. Because anybody that knows me knows I couldn't be up here. But I thank God that He chose me. You know, and I was thinking the other night. I said, God, I'm so thankful that you chose me that you selected me to teach your word. I did not choose you, but you chose me. Amen. And that is such an honor. And everyone that has accepted his son, he chose personally. He has chosen you personally. And that is such a great honor to just to be received and accepted by Jesus and our Father. According to Hebrews 11:1, 1, faith is given substance to things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. For instance, you hope for physical strength to do the work that you know you must do. Faith says, God is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And I want to talk to you today primarily about two kinds of faith. You may not even be aware of it because it is such a subtle thing that most Christians are not aware of it. But God has put it into my spirit to talk about it, and it really blessed me putting it together because when I put together messages, it, it, it ministers to me, and it opens my eyes so I can see more clearly the things that I need to see, and, and, and so it also explains to me sometimes why I've been missing it. We all miss it. We were talking about that at lunch today. I don't care how spiritual you are or how religious you are, sometimes you're going to miss it. Amen. Nobody's perfect. That's right. So don't beat yourself up. For instance, for instance, you know, when you miss it, or maybe you pray for somebody and that person to get healed, you don't know the circumstances. You don't know what they said and what they done after you prayed for them. You don't know they canceled it out. You know? And we can talk about that later. Sense knowledge has given to the church mental assent. I want you to write that down. Mental assent, which is compared to sense knowledge. And we're going to be talking about that, which looks so much like faith that people cannot tell the difference. There, there is so it, the the, the uh, mental assent or sense knowledge is so much like faith that it's hard for people to tell the difference. A lot of times you're thinking that you're in real faith when you're really not. You're in hope, and we're going to talk about that. The condition referred to as mental assent happens. When one tries to act as if they are in faith, when, are, when they're really still in hope. Hope comes before faith. 
Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen, according to Hebrews 11.1. 1. And as you can see from this verse, that faith is present tense. The substance of things hoped for is past tense. Now hope knows that it may, in capital M, hope knows that it may receive something, but faith knows. There's a difference in knowing and maybe. But faith knows that it's going to receive something. In fact, faith has already received it. Yeah. Hope comes primarily from reading the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing the Word of God by the Holy Spirit. And faith, that it, faith is that which brings your hope into reality. Sense knowledge believes in the five senses. In other words, the Bible says that by His stripes you are healed, according to 1 Peter 1.24. For example, let me say this. Say, for instance, that during the prayer time, someone, you know, you come up here and I pray for you today for healing in your body. Maybe your leg aches or you've got a headache or you've got a backache. If you come up here, and, but just because, and I pray for you, but just because you don't feel anything when I pray for you and nothing happens right away, you're not sure if you're healed. So you don't thank God and you don't confess that you are healed. Because you believe if you were healed, the pain would leave immediately. And that's not true. When a person does this, when you behave this way, they don't realize that they play right into the hands of the enemy and they never receive their healing. I know, I think it's been about three days ago, I, I had been praying over something. And, uh, and that morning I was standing in my kitchen and David was getting, he was sitting there eating breakfast, getting ready to go to work. And I didn't ask him to pray for me. Uh, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Most time I pray for myself, but sometimes we pray for each other. You know, you can pray for yourself. You know, you got God's word in you. It's just as powerful as somebody else. <laughs> sometimes it's better if you pray for yourself, you know. And so David didn't say anything. He got up, he walked around to my side of the uh, kitchen, the bar, and he just laid hands on me and began to pray. And so I had to go to work, you know. I'm working on my message for this weekend, you know. And I got two, two things to put together. And uh, like I said, I wasn't doing great. And, um, and so he prayed for me. And, and so this is just an example. And that, you know, like I said, if somebody goes and prays for you, some things that you have to do in order to maintain it, to receive it and keep it. So he laid hands on me and he prayed for me. And so I felt... I felt, you know, almost immediately I felt better, but not totally better. But I didn't think about not feeling better right away. But I went, on, I went over and over to my studio, and I went to work. And, and so I was thinking to myself, the enemy was saying, well, that didn't work. You know, you still got whatever, you know, you're not feeling good. And so I just opened up your mouth. This is where you have to open up your mouth. The Bible says we need to say. You know, a lot of people are praying when they need to be saying. And, and you need to pray too, but you got to be doing some saying. you got to be doing some talking. So I opened up my mouth and I said, Father, I just thank you that you said that you should lay hands on the sick and they shall fully recover. Lord, I thank you that David laid hands on me. And so therefore I declare I'm fully recovered. By the stripes of Jesus, I declare I'm healed. Because you said, Lord, if we lay hands on the sick, they shall fully recover. 
So by his stripes, I'm healed. So all during the day, every time, Father, thank you that by his stripes, I'm healed. I thank you, God, that you said if you laid hands on the sick, they should fully recover. So Lord, I thank you that I'm in my recovery period. I thank you that I'm in my recovery period. You know, because since the healing don't come sometimes almost as quickly as you pray, you're in a recovery period. But that's what the Lord says. He says, you shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So I'm sure I'm recovering. You know, and so, but I have to remind myself that because if I don't remind myself that, I have to out-talk the devil. And sometimes he can get pretty loud. So you just, these are the things that you can say when somebody prays for you and you don't feel anything right away because nine times out of ten you won't. They are miraculous signs where, you know, God can do it right then. But most time it's, it's recovery. But most time if you don't accept it and know this, as soon as you walk out the door and get in your car, the enemy's already come and gotten it. He's taken it away from you. Are you hearing me? You've got to say something. Say, I pray for another one. There's another person up here needs prayer for. So after I finish praying for them, they will say something like, I know I'm going to get well. I hear that a lot. And I'm sure that Pastor Cindy and Craig and Pastor Larry and all of them hear that. I know I'm going to get well. Saints, I, <laughs> Saints, I know right then. As soon as they say those words, utter those words, I know that we are defeated. We are defeated. And I say to them, when are you going to get well? When are you going to get well? Their answer is normally, I don't know. When, I, when, when will I get well? I don't know when I'm going to get well, but I know I will. For the Lord cannot fail me. You're absolutely right. God cannot fail you. But beloved, you failed the word. He don't fail you, but you failed the word. The word is now. As Brother Craig said, the faith word is now. Faith is now. It's not tomorrow, yesterday, this afternoon. It's now. Faith is now. So I didn't feel everything I needed to feel when David got through laying hands on me that morning, three, three or four mornings ago. But I was healed the moment that he laid hands on me and prayed the prayer of faith. It was up to me to believe that, to have faith for that. And by having faith for that, I mean by repeating what God said in his word and giving him the praise and the glory for the word and reminding myself that Jesus died for me so I wouldn't have to suffer, that he suffered for me and he suffered for you. And today when you come up to get a prayer, whether it's for your healing or for whatever else it is, it's already been bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus. So we don't have to put up with that. Do I get it right every time? No. Sometimes the devil gets louder. And sometimes, you know, like I said, we're, we're, none of us are perfect. <laughs> you know, but I like, I'm getting better. And I pray that you're getting better too. Because the more you hear the word, the more you feed on the word, the stronger your faith gets and the, and the more wisdom, knowledge you get on how to react to certain things and know how to um, respond, then you can receive more. But if you don't know how, you don't, if, if, you, if somebody don't tell you that they're just going to slap you, you know, put some anointing oil on you and slap you, you go out the door and everything will be fine, and you don't have to do anything, 
But you do have to do something. You have a part. I had a part to play, and you got a part. If I hadn't have played that part, done my part, I wouldn't be here today. You know? Because he will do everything he can to stop you. And anytime, especially when he's got something big in store for you, that's when he's going to fight you the hardest. And that's when you're going to have to stand your ground and be firmer and know who, who lives in you. And know that the Bible says, little children, you are born of God. And you have overcome him because greater is he that's in you than he that's in this world. So he can't throw anything at me and you that he can't, that you can't conquer because the conqueror lives inside of you. Do you hear that? You, like I said, have failed the word. The word is now. I believe this will explain why so many are not getting answers to their prayers, not receiving their healing. They think they're... Be not, and, and receiving their healing because they think they're in real faith, but are actually in mental assent, still in hope, still operating from their five senses. You're operating from your five senses when you are operating from what you feel, what you think, and what you see, taste, or hear. So most people are basing it on what, how they feel as to whether they're healed or not. And that's operating in sense knowledge and mental assent and that's, it's not real faith. And that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about real faith. Today I'm talking about real faith versus mental assent or sense knowledge. Saints, mental assent is seeing it, admiring it, saying it is true, but not in my case. Mental assent agrees that the Bible is true from cover to cover, that it came from God and every word is true. They believe in the Bible, they believe that God wrote the Bible, and they believe in it from cover to cover. But yet, when Christ has come, it does not work. Think about that. You believe in the Bible, you say you believe in it from cover to cover, but are you really? Are you really? It recognizes, in other words, the person recognizes that the Word of God is true, but does not act on it. When he laid hands on me, or somebody else lays hands on you, you act on it. Faith acts. That's how you know you're in faith. If you believe something, you're going to act on it. Do you agree with that? Amen. If you don't believe it, you're not going to act on it. You're just going to say, hmm, that sounds good. I think I might try that sometime. But, you know, we can't, we're in a war against the darkness and the principalities of this world. We can't sit back on our little cute buns and expect things to, you know, fall off of us. As Brother Hagin used to say, like ripe cherries off a tree. They're not going to happen that way. You're going to have to put forth some faith and some effort in that faith. You're going to have to open up this trap of yours and start saying what God says and fighting that battle and standing strong on what God's Word says and, uh, and declare that no devil in hell is going to come against you. That you've got the power and authority over him. That you are the one that has the power. You're the one that has the authority. He has power, but he does not have authority. There's a difference than having power and authority. We have power and we have authority. You know, if you were listening, if you're out here on the street, we, we just went out for lunch, and we were out there, and they were doing a road stop, and the policeman standing out there. 
hold up his hands, all he had to do, and we got to stop. We see that uniform, and we're going to stop. We're not going to question it. But we have to understand that Satan, we have that power too. You know, the, the police, we're going to do that because the policeman's not doing it. But he's backed by the state or the county or the city or, what, or all. We're backed up by the God of heavens, the Lord of the heavens armies. And we don't have to do all of that work either. We just have to know who we are in Christ Jesus. Are you hearing me? We've got that power. We need to start thinking that way. We need to change the way we think and change the way that we act. Like I said, hope says I will get it sometimes. Faith says I have it now. Since knowledge, faith says when I see it, as Brother Craig was saying, when I feel it, I will know that I have it. Mental ascent says it's beautiful. I know that I should have it, but for some reason, I don't get it. I don't understand it. I don't understand why I didn't get it. How many times have you had people come up to, you know, I can't count the times that I've had people to come up and pray for me, you know, or get, get prayer. And they don't understand why they're not being healed. And I have prayed for some, you know, several nights in a row. The same person. They didn't get it the first night. They're not going to get it the third night. But you have to receive. You have to receive. Saints, when we doubt our Father, we doubt His Word. That's why we don't have it. Because we doubt our Father, we doubt the Word. Luke one thirty seven says in the American Standard Bible, For no word from God shall be void of power in the Greek translation. And please hear me. There are so many of God's children praying and looking for a breakthrough in their situations, but nothing seems to be happening. I want you to learn. One of the reasons why nothing is happening is because you're praying and hoping. You need to be praying and receiving. You might want to write that down. You, you don't even want to be praying and hoping that something's going to happen, because I hear that a lot, and I'm sure most people and pastors do. Pastor, I'm really hoping, I'm really hoping, I'm hoping. But you have to be praying and receiving. Have faith when you pray. God hears. He says he does. If you pray it in faith and use his word, you've got to use his word. When you, pray to, when you pray to our Father, you have to use his word. Back it up. Find a scripture that backs up what you're asking him for and pray for it. And then he, he honors his word. He'll back it up. I want you to learn today to release your faith today, to experience the healing power in God, of God in your life or anything else that you might be here in need of today. And know that real faith is the result of the word dwelling in you. And also know that God is not a respecter of persons. And if, he, if it worked for your friend, it's going to work for you too. Keep in mind that sense knowledge, your five senses, will fight you every step of the way. They're going to fight you so that they can hold you into the realm of things seen, felt, and heard. Your five senses are going to do battle with you because when you're trying to hold on to being real faith, the enemy is going to do his best to get you to focus on your feelings, your symptoms, and what you can see. Anything, in other words, he's going to try to get you to focus on anything in the natural. In the natural. Anything that you see in the natural is in the senses, is in the sense realm. That's one way to remember that. Anything that you can see 
is in the senses, the sense realm. God works in the supernatural. And thank God that he works in the supernatural. And as the song was saying earlier, and they were singing, he's always working. He never ceases working. When you're asleep, he's not sleeping. The Bible says he neither sleeps nor slumbers. So he's always a working. And when you're planting those seeds, as Brother Craig was saying earlier, you plant those seeds. Um, he doesn't sleep. You go to, the Bible says the, the farmer goes to bed at night and knows not how. He knows not how that seed comes up. He just knows that he puts it in the ground and it's going to come up. And we well, see, that's where we have to be today. We have to plant the word of God. We got to plant that seed in us. Go to bed. Don't worry about it. Don't know how it's going to come up or how that solution, that situation is going to be handled. But we know it's going to be handled because we planted the right seed. We planted the word of God and he is going to honor that word. It might be tomorrow. It might be next month. It might be next year, but it is going to come up. And it could be like crabgrass. It could come up in a week, or it could be like another grass that takes months. You know, we don't, you know, you know, you can't try to figure it out on your own. You don't have that ability. As I think I had that somewhere in my message. You don't have the ability to do that. But you have to have the faith to know that God honors his word. And his word, according to Luke, is a seed. He likens his word to the seed. So you are going to get what you plant. You're not going to get anything different. That would be a mess if the farmer went out there and planted all, like I said, all that corn and all that cotton came up. He'd be surprised. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Like I said, the devil's always trying to get you to trust your five senses over the Word of God. In other words, Satan keeps telling you that if you were healed, you would know it by how you feel. But that's not true. That is a lie from hell. Real faith is the evidence of things not seen, according to Hebrews 11.1, 1, right? So you won't necessarily feel healed immediately. The Bible says they shall recover. We were talking about that early, earlier. Recovery might be a few minutes or a few days, or it could be longer. However, faith continues to stand. Faith continues to stand no matter how long it takes. If it takes a week or a minute, two hours, you've got to stand. Our faith is also determined by our confessions. The devil hears us making those negative confessions about sickness and poverty. And let me tell you something, saints. He doesn't forget. Satan's got a great memory. And he never forgets anything he hears you say. As a matter of fact, you probably say things that he never even thought of. You give him ideas. Things that maybe he hasn't even thought of. But we, we speak it. And he gets it. When you confess doubt, it gets stronger. Whatever you're confessing, it, it's going to get stronger. If you confess lie, it's going to stop your finances right there in its tracks from coming. If, you, if you're having trouble with your finances today, and you are going around uh, poor mouthing to your coworkers or your friends or your family about uh, you can't meet this payment and you can't meet that. And in other words, you, you're speaking lack. You, the enemy... Uh, what he's trying to do is to keep you from getting whatever it is you need. And so as long as you speak that word, you're sowing those seeds. They're going out into the atmosphere and you're going to get what you're sowing. So you're sowing like, so you can only get like back. So it may not seem like it makes much sense because God's law is always opposite from the world's way of thinking. So you need to speak prosperity. You need to declare that 
that the, the, the amount of money that you need for your rent or your house or your car or, or whatever or, or, or a, a raise on your job, you know. Uh, ask God, you know, to give you favor with your boss, to give you new creative ideas uh, on your work or or that he knows, the Bible says in Matthew, that he knows you need these things before you ever ask him in the first place. So he knows and he's aware of these needs. And, and the enemy is aware of these needs too. And that's why he wants you to speak lack or sickness so he can keep it coming back. If, you, if you're sowing seeds of sickness, then seeds of sickness is going to come back upon you. Lack is going to come back upon you. But if you will speak health and wellness... And if you will speak finances and prosperity, because the Lord says in 3 John that He wishes above all things that you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. That's His desire for you. And He says, those that love me will not like for any beneficial thing. And so paying your rent or having a good job is a beneficial thing, at least while you're here on earth. When you get to heaven, you know, a lot of people just focus on going to heaven, but you've got to live here until you go there. And the Lord says, you can live an abundant life. He said, the devil come to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come to give you an abundant life. So if you, an abundant life, if you don't know what an abundance is, abundance is when you have more than enough for yourself and to have enough to give to others. And so if you don't have enough to give to others, then you're not living the abundant life. So I don't mean to be stepping on anybody's toes, but that's what the Bible says. And sometimes we need somebody to shake us and wake us up. I know there was a time when I was a widow living on a fixed income, but I was still giving, and I was still doing, and I had a jail ministry, prison ministry for about 11 years, and I was buying Bibles and glasses and everything for these inmates, you know, and my sister said to me one time, she said, well, Joe, uh, she says, you're buying all these stuff for the inmates. I didn't have to at the prison because they furnished them, but the jail you did, and she said, you need, because some people can't keep track of everything to do, you know. And when you're doing that, you're not trusting the Lord. And I didn't realize that. But he, he, he pointed that out to me many years ago. And uh, before I got an abundance. When I was still given, even though I didn't have an abundance. You give out of what you've got. And um, my sister said to me, she said... You know, Joe, she says, you probably should keep account of that. You know, you write that down, you know, when you're buying those Bibles and glasses. I was buying them by the case, you know, the Bibles, and I was ordering them online. And so I thought, well, I've never done that before. Uh, but, you know, we can be influenced by those that we love. And primarily the ones that we love the most and our friends are the ones that the enemy is going to send to us to influence us. Think about that. Because he knows he's not going to listen to anybody else, but you might listen to your sister or your friend because <laughs> you trust them. And, and they don't mean any harm. I'm just saying the enemy will work through anybody. It's like God will work through anyone, right? And so like Brother Larry said, you know, he spoke through the donkey. He speaks through us women. So anyway, so much for that. <laughs> but she said... I, you need you can keep a track of that, you know, and that way you can count it off on your taxes. I mean, like I made enough that it made any difference. <laughs> but I did what my sister told me to do. So I got me a little notebook and I put it in my purse. And every time I'd buy a case of Bibles, every time I went to the dollar store and got four or five pair of uh, reading glasses or pencils or clothes or whatever, because I bought them clothes, you know, because they would get locked up maybe and. They didn't have anything to, you know, maybe got locked up when it was warm and then it's cold. So they need a coat, you know, or some pants. 
And uh, so I'd buy my cup of crown of it. And um, so about three months later, the Lord spoke to me so just like almost audible. And he said, when did you stop trusting me? And I thought, when did you stop trusting me? And I thought, Lord, I'll never stop trusting you. And I, he was letting me know right away that I was not trusting him. I was trusting this little old piece of paper down here with maybe got me $50 back or something. <laughs> you know, and I'm serving the God that owns it all. <laughs> all the cattle on a thousand hills. <laughs> and I'm keeping track of my little bitty stuff, you know. And, you know, and he didn't, t he didn't have to tell me twice. I, I got it out of my purse and went through it in a trash can. And since then, I've never kept track of anything. It's kind of like my husband. You know, we help, we, we donate and contribute to a lot of causes and, a lot of, and give to a lot of people. But we pray that the Lord will help us not to remember. I don't remember. I don't want to remember that I helped that person. I don't remember that I did that. Uh, the only way I can remember, actually, if I sat down and thought about it. And I don't want to do that. You just want to just trust that the Lord is going to provide for you. And I know from experiences, the more I give, the more it pours back in. And, and I went from lack to a life of abundance. Because the Lord says that He will bless you, that He will bless you so that you can be a blessing and, be, and give unto others. He said, I made you a blessing that you can be a blessing and dispense good to others. So He's not blessing you so you can hoard it for your own personal things. He's giving it to you for the kingdom, for the help others. When you're helping others, you're helping the kingdom of God. So when you see a brother and sister in need, you need to help them and not question where you should or not. If 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 you look at them, you got the real one little inkling that you need to do that. Just go ahead and do it. And you might say, "Well, I don't have that." I know. Not long ago, uh, the Lord impressed upon me, and I think I said this before that Pastor Larry uh, to help this one person in a situation. And I thought, okay. <laughs> and I told David, he said, go ahead. And, uh, and so I guess maybe a week later, uh, the Lord gave me back one and a half times. Wow. And, and sometimes he has given me a hundredfold return, you know, on my investment. As a matter of fact, the house I live in is a hundredfold. And it's not a mansion. It's a nice house, but it's not a mansion. But, it, but the enemy stole mine. He, he, took, he took the house, uh, took some of my family, took my husband. He took a lot. But God is good and he's gracious. If you will stay in faith and trust him when all the odds are against you, and none of this is in my message. Most of the things I'm saying is not in here. But if you will trust the one true God, no matter what it is you need from him today, he will make sure that you get it. And there's no doubt in my mind about it. And there ain't no devil in hell that can stop it. Amen. Not a devil in hell that can stop God from blessing you. He can open up the windows of heaven right now and pour out blessings on you that you won't have time to retain it all. You won't have room to retain it all. And I'll tell you something else. He said in the Old Testament, he said the blessings will come upon you and chase you down the street. But I'll tell you this, so many people today are chasing after the blessings and, and they're outrunning them. The blessings are outrunning you. He said the blessings will come upon you and overtake you. But you're chasing so much after the blessings that you're just passing over the blessings. I hope you get that. You've got to trust the Lord. 
when you confess doubt, like I said, it gets stronger. Listen to this. According to Revelations 12, 11, they overcame him with the word. That's what the Bible says in Revelations 12, 11. They conquered the devil with the words or their testimony. Think about that. And that, beloved, is exactly how you and I are going to conquer him. We're going to conquer him with the word of God the same way that Jesus Christ did. When Jesus was in the garden, and uh, when Jesus conquered Satan with words, remember what he told uh, Satan in the garden? He says, when he was being tempted, Jesus told Satan, he said, it is written that man does not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, according to Luke 4, 4. Saints, a spiritual law that few have recognized is that our confessions rules us. Our faith is measured by our confession, and sooner or later, we become what we confess. We unconsciously go down to the level of our confessions. We cannot rise above our confession, saints. But there is also another side to that. You can rise. You can change the way you talk and the words coming out of your mouth. And you can rise above your confession or else you're going to go down to the level of your confession. What is a confession? It is saying what God's word says about a certain thing. Hebrews says in 1023 in the New King James, he said, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. Faith holds fast to the confession of the word. Sense knowledge holds fast to the confession of physical evidence, feelings and what you see. That's what it holds fast to. When you act the word and speak the word, God will be in his word. When you speak the word and you act the word, God will be in his word. Saints, with this teaching today, I'm so hoping to get you to thinking about what your confessions have been. And if they have not lined up with God's word, how you, you know, I want to let you know that you can turn that situation around by coming into agreement with him. I find that most people, from my experience, don't recognize the value of their words and the impact that they have on their lives. I don't even think, I think if a person was to realize the impact of the words that they were having on their lives and those around them, they would be more careful about what they say. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us in Matthew that you're going to be held accountable for every non-working word that you speak. Every word that comes out of our mouths, we are going to be held accountable for those words. But like I said, I don't think that most people value the words. They don't give much thought to their words. Jesus said in John 6, 63, the words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. It, it may not, it may help you to understand that according to 1 John 4, 17, that as Jesus is, so are we in this earth. So therefore, your words are spirit and life too. According to Proverbs 18.21 in the God Word translation, it says the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love to talk will have to eat their own words. Wow. You know, that's some pretty strong words, but it's so true. According to Mark 11.23, because he, can say, he said you can have whatsoever you say. If you believe in your heart and doubt not, he said you can have what you say. And, and you are getting what you say. Give that some thought this afternoon. You might say, well, how did I get into this situation? How did I get here? You got there but what you, by your, what you said. You called it like you're calling your puppy. 
and it came. But if you'll start calling those things to be not as though they were, the Bible tells us to call those things to be not as though they were, as though they are. He says, then those things are going to change. And you're going to get what he says. And you're not going to get the other. And you're not going to get it overnight. I still say things that I shouldn't. You're going to say things that you shouldn't. But if you will practice it, if you will practice when you say something negative um, about your health or your finances or your children or whatever, like he never, he's never going to amount to anything. I've heard people say, well, he'll never amount to a heel of beans. Well, I'm a farmer's daughter, and we had some pretty good beans, you know. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but, you know, people say things like that. And, and, and to them, that's what the, the Bible is referring to as those words in Matthew, you know, that, you know, that you're going to be accountable for it. But you, you don't need to be, speak, you're prophesying is what you're doing. All prophesying is, is talking, is speaking. That's what prophecy is. And so when you're speaking negative, you're prophesying negative stuff over your life. You're, you're, you're prophesying sickness. You're prophesying like and won't. Instead of saying, you know, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He meets all of my needs. I don't know how he's going to do it, but he said he would. And, and as brother, uh, Sister Cindy was saying, I believe what God's word says. Literally. If he says he will, he will. Do you always get everything right? No. Never will. But like I said, I'm getting better. And that's all the Lord wants. He wants us to improve. He wants us to improve. That's why we're here today. He calls teachers and preachers and evangelists. I'm a teacher evangelist, sometimes preacher. Today, I think he's giving me a little preach, but that's okay. <laughs> I, sit, I sit up under a lot of good preachers, so I'm preaching, so. Anyway, what, you know, you may not realize this, but Satan fears your testimonies. And it's imperative that you realize that your faith is voice activated. And that we're going to get more into that. I, was going, I said in this afternoon, but this afternoon I'm already in here. So, okay, we're going to pass that. <laughs> According to Second, you know, I said we were going to talk more about the importance of speaking and having the spirit of faith. We we're going to talk about the spirit of faith a little bit. According to Second Corinthians 4.13 in New King James, it says, And since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I have believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. Now, this is what Paul was referring to in Psalms 116.10, where David says that he believed, so therefore he spoke. What I'm saying is that in order to have the spirit of faith, you must mix, um, you, you must mix your faith with speaking. That's, that's the way it works. Real faith, real power in the Word says, if God says it's true, it is. If He says that by His stripes I'm healed, I'm healed. If he says that God will supply my every need, that he's going to do it. If God says he's my, the strength of my life, he is. So when he is, I know that when I pray, I can go about doing my work. I can go to bed at night and sleep. I can go do my work knowing that he's working and both of us don't have to be working and both of us don't have to be awake all night. Have you ever had a, a situation to solve itself by staying awake all night? As a matter of fact, it got worse, didn't it? Because the longer you lay there, the more you think about it, and the more you think about it, the bigger it gets. And that's why when I go to bed, and David can uh, confess to this, I go plugged in. 
to the audio Bible or uh, somebody like Smith Wigglesworth book or something that's preaching the word. I go to sleep that way. And then I don't have to worry about the enemy coming in there and getting my thoughts. And then he still tries, you know. <laughs> so now that you know this, we can rest in the word, right? In 1 John 5, 4, in the message translation, it says, the conquering power that brings the world to its knees is our faith. Your faith is the conquering power that brings the world to its knees. Think about that. You can bring sickness, disease, lack, death, poverty, relationship problems, whatever your circumstances are, the Word of God says your faith is the conquering power to bring it to its knees. But our job is to be like the royal officials and take Jesus at His Word. In Matthew, like in Matthew 8, 8, that's where the Lord gave me the name of my ministry. Speak the word ministry. Speak the word only. And that's all he did. That's what the servant told him. He said, Lord, you don't have to come to my house, but speak the word only. He said, I know what authority is. He said, I, I, I have authority over all of these men. And when I say you go here, they go there. And when I say you do that, you do that. And he said, and they go. He said, I understand authority. But see, I don't think a lot of us understand authority. He said, so you don't have to come to my house to speak. You just send the word. And that's another sermon in itself because you can send the word. Because as Jesus is, so are you. So he sent the word and you can send the word. So if there's somebody sick or somebody in your family, you can pray over them and send the word and send healing to them. So you might want to think about that. One of the things we've been talking about is mental ascent and sense knowledge. We're going to go real fast through this. We learned that the condition referred to as mental ascent happens when one tries to act as if they're in faith when they are really still in hope. And like I said, hope is primarily in the mind and faith is primarily in the heart. And faith is a spiritual force. In other words, faith is a spiritual issue. It's not a natural issue. Faith is of man's spirit, not of his mind or body, as Brother Craig was saying earlier. So we must believe God's word with our hearts and not our minds. Real faith believes what the word says, even though your eyes and even though your eyes and feelings are saying something different. You know, your body, your, your flesh gets us in trouble all the time because that's where your feelings comes from is your body, your flesh. You're a spirit, number one. You are a spirit. You have a soul and you live in a body. But that flesh is ruling us by, by getting us to focus on our feelings all the time instead of the Word of God. Faith doesn't care what the symptoms are. Faith will turn every defeat into victory. Hallelujah. Faith is rooted in God's Word. Real faith does not deny circumstances, nor does it deny the facts, but it overcomes them with the spiritual force of faith. Armed with the truth of God's Word, the believer who is in faith can have victory in any circumstance. Are you hearing me? In any circumstance. If you're armed with the Word of God, the truth of God, you can be victorious over anything because God's Word never fails. Back in 1996, I woke up one morning, I could barely move my left arm. I couldn't even lift it or even lift a glass of water. I prayed over my arm, and this I was a fairly new Christian at this time too. I prayed over my arm, and he began to speak God's word over it. And I did not, I, I, I did not deny, I want you to understand this, when I spoke over my arm, I did not deny that my arm hurt, because it hurt a lot. But every day I continue to speak God's word over my arm, and, and, was, you know, and I'm thinking, was I tempted to believe that God had not heard me when I prayed? Was I tempted? Because sometimes we pray and we get tempted to believe whether God heard us or not. Maybe it's a financial issue. Maybe it's a family issue. Maybe it's a 
disease or sickness issue, a relationship issue. And you might question, you know, because you don't get an answer right away and you're still having to stand. <laughs> Faith stands, so you're still standing, but you're not receiving anything or seeing anything in the natural. I mean, things are going on all the time in the supernatural, but you can't see it. That's why, you know, the farmer said he goes to bed at night, not knows how to see, he doesn't know how the seed comes up, but he knows it's going to come up, so he just goes to bed. And that's what I'm trying to get you to do to, today, is pray and receive it and go on to bed. <laughs> but <laughs> was I tempted to believe that God had not heard me? Of course I was tempted, but I knew I had to keep on speaking to my arm. I knew I had to stand. I would say, God, I thank you that you always hear me. I thank you that according to your word in First Peter 2.24, by his stripes I'm healed, not going to be, but I already am healed. I'm not going to be moved by what I see or what I feel, but I shall only be moved by the word of God. This went on for several months. And then one night when I was ministering down in North Carolina during a praise and worship service, the Lord, I was sitting in a seat like you are this afternoon, and the Lord just come by and come on now, Jesus, is a good time for you to just start walking around. You know, the Lord was telling me today, you know, he was bringing that verse back to my remembrance and where it says that he has anointed me, he has poured his spirit out upon me and anointed me to preach the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ to the brokenhearted, to the lame, the blind, the crushed in spirit then open up the doors and set the captives free. If somebody has laid hands on you or prayed over you, know that you don't even have to have anybody lay hands on you. Amen. You don't have to. You can, but you don't have to. Jesus laid his hands on you today. You don't need my hands laid on you because that's all that's happening when I lay my hands on you is we're both laying our hands on you because the power of God lives in me. He lives in you that same Healer that lives in me lives in you. So you can lay hands on yourself and pray for yourself and receive. Don't let the enemy trick you. That's all he's been doing. He's been lying to you and tricking you and keeping you in bondage and putting those walls up and telling you that it's not going to happen. But it's a lie. A lie from hell. Saints, we have to know that when our faith is tested and tried, we got to continue to stand on the word. And I'm telling you, to those that the Lord has healed today already, he's, you're going to be tested. I was tested and I was tried. So you can choose to stand or you can choose not to. It's up to you. It's not up to God. It's up to you. He does not choose where you stand or not. He gives you the word and it's up to you where you stand on it or not. It works patience in our lives. The Bible says when we're standing, sometimes we have to stand. But the Bible tells us in James 1, it works patience in our lives. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. As a matter of fact, that's why he said, consider it joy. When, endure, when trials come our way, the Bible says to consider it joy. Because that's when you're growing. You're not growing when you're on top of the mountain. You're growing when you're down here, when you're being tested and tried. And, and, and whether or not you're going to stand or not. Hallelujah. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance is going, to, is going to grow. I realize it's hard to be patient. My arm took a lot of patience and a lot of faith. It would have been easy to give in to mental assent. In other words, hoping and a praying. 
But I'm telling you right now, you don't get prayers answered by saying and hoping. You, you, hope allows you to move into faith, but hope is not faith. Mental assent happens when the hopeful mind thinks that, it's in, that it is a believing heart. And how do you know if you are believing with your head and not with your heart? Mark 12, 34 says, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what has been coming out of your mouth? Are you saying things like, I hope God will, or He will sometimes, or is God going to? Are you talking about like when the Word tells us that He will supply all of our needs according to Philippians 4.19? Jesus says we can have what we desire when we believe. We can have it if we believe it. Our part is to ask, believe it's been done, and allow Jesus to manifest it for us. A variation of mental ascent is sense knowledge. This is an attitude that says if I cannot see it, then it's not real. I'll believe it when I see it. Don't be fooled by Satan when he tries to tell you this afternoon, today, and tomorrow that Jesus wasn't here and he didn't heal you. Don't buy into his lies. Because you're the one that's going to suffer if you do. He's the one that put you there. He's the one that put you in the bondage. He's the one that put the sickness on your body. And he's going to do everything he can to keep you in it. If he got you in a financial bond, he put you there. But you can get out of it. I believe some of those were broken this afternoon too. I really do. Faith is the substance and evidence of things that your sense knowledge cannot see. We've talked about that. It is one of the greatest enemies of real faith because most of us are trained and conditioned by our five senses. Saints, we can't always see how God is going to meet our need. However, God says it's already done. I say that again. God tells me, it, it tell you, it's already done. It's already done. He says, believe me. Believe me. It's already done. Believe me. That is living by faith. The Bible says we live by faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. If you live by any other means, you're going to live in frustration and fear because, and, and, and stress because you're going to try to figure out how to meet your own needs when you don't have that ability. We talked about that earlier. God says, I will supply your needs. I have everything worked out. He says, trust me. He says to do it. Philippians 4.19, the God word says, My God will richly supply. My God will richly fill your every need in a glorious way through Christ Jesus. Saints, after you've been in faith, you will be able to tell the difference between the two. When you get into faith, you're going to be able to tell the difference. Because faith is, faith is based on hearing God and knowing that you know, that you know, that you know, that you know. Yeah. It's in your inner spirit. It is, it is knowing at your deepest level. That you know, that you know, that you know. That's faith in your inner spirit. Our faith is measured by our confession. And sooner or later, like I said, we're going to measure up to that. As I said earlier, I find that most believers don't recognize the value of their words. And according to Second Corinthians, we read that earlier, so we won't go that. But he was talking about having the same spirit of faith. But God has made you and he's made me to be speaking spirits. For he has created us in his image according to Genesis 1.27. So that means that we have to open up our mouths and speak God's word. The spirit of faith is speaking. It says, because I believe, therefore I speak. That's what it says in 2 Corinthians 4.13. You might want to write that down and go back and study that. The, the spirit of faith 
is speaking. Because I believe, therefore I speak. This afternoon, because you believe, therefore you're going to speak. And when you speak, you will say, God, I thank you that you showed up today. I thank you that you touched me wherever I needed touching. And I thank you, Jesus, that you healed me. And when she spoke those words, I received them. And by your stripes, I'm healed. And I glorify your name for it. And I thank you, God, that I receive it. And no devil is going to take it away from me. That's how you're going to get it. Are you hearing me? If you have the spirit of faith, the number one manifestation of the spirit of faith is speaking. That's what the Bible says. Jesus said in Matthew 17, 20, he said, Because of your unbelief, for surely I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Notice that Jesus didn't say, mountain, please move. He didn't say, Father, please move the mountain. But we do that all the time. Father, why did, God, why did you allow this to happen to me? Please move this out of my way. Please get this person out of my life. Please help me in this situation. And that's what he's saying. He didn't ask, you know, he didn't ask his father to tell the mountain to move. Jesus spoke to the mountain. And he said, move from here to there and it will move. And nothing, he says, will be impossible for you. Saints, we're talking about a mustard seed of faith, the one that I just passed out to you, that uh, Pastor Greg, you can't even see. If I had it up here, you couldn't see it anyway. And you are the one that's going to talk to that mountain. You're going to talk to your situation. You're going to speak to it. And the mountain, your situation, is going to obey you. You have to have faith in the Word of God and who you are, that when you speak to it, it has to obey you. It has to obey you. You are a child of the living God. And you've got the King of Kings living on the inside of you. And the words, if you're speaking God's words... The devil's got to bow his knee because the Bible says that every, that every knee must bow in heaven on earth and under the earth at the name of Jesus. So when you're speaking to that mountain in the name of Jesus, that knee is going to bow. Just like I said earlier, every, any disease or any kind of sickness or disease or poverty or anything like that, it's got to bow. we have the faith to make it bow its knee in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Are you hearing me? Because through your faith, you're going to use your authority to speak to that mountain. According to Luke 10, 19, you've been given authority. And I found this is really interesting. Please open up your ears. In Revelations 1, 6, the new King James says, And has made us kings and priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. In Ecclesiastes in chapter 8, verse 4, the King James says, Where the word of a king is, there is power. You may not have thought about it, but if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, we have a room full of kings in here. Kings and priests. That's what the Bible says you are. Revelations 12, uh, 12 6, uh, 1, 6. And the Bible says where the word of a king is, there's power. How many in here have been born again? Look at all those kings. And the Bible says where the word of a king is, there's power. So when you speak, you're speaking as a king and a priest. And there's power in those words. There's power in the word of God. And if you're speaking the word of God, it's him speaking through you. So you have power. Let me explain it this way. The spirit of faith, this way, it might help you. I'm sure that most of you are familiar with epoxy glue. 
The instructions on the package says don't mix until you're ready for it to solidify. When you mix these two together, they become a third thing, which is a total different thing than the first two components. In other words, you're going to have cement when you mix these two components together. The two things you have here today is believing and speaking. So when you have believing and speaking, you have the spirit of faith. You hear me? When you have believing and speaking, you have the spirit of faith. If you were just believing, you don't have the spirit of faith. As I said before, if you're praying and hoping, that's a prayer that's not going to be answered. If you're praying and hoping, your prayers are not going to be answered. When you pray, you are believing and receiving. So remember, when you pray, you're praying and receiving. The spirit of faith believes and speaks. And you cannot have the spirit of faith without putting them together. In other words, you can't have faith and be quiet. 2 Corinthians 4.13 says, As it is written, as it is written, I have believed, so therefore I speak. So when you are in a trial, you need to go into a speaking mode, a faith mode, because your power is in your mouth, saints. I realize, too, that I do teach a lot on this Word of God, but that's where it is. It's in your mouth. The Holy Spirit sustains our faith, and it needs to be frequently renewed, refreshed, and revived. If not, it's going to droop and fade and become weak like a plant unless it has air, sun, and dew. In other words, when you're having conference, when you're going to church and you're having conferences like this and you're coming in there, what you're doing is the Holy Spirit, you know, sustains the faith. It, it is being renewed. Your spirit is being renewed and refreshed this afternoon and revived. That's, that's just what's happening to you this afternoon. So when you leave here, you're going to have a greater amount of faith than you had when you came in. The renewing of the Holy Spirit revives and strengthens your faith so that it can battle, so it can do battle, because you have to have your faith has to be strengthened and renewed, because it'll do battle with unbelief, and it conquers unbelief. It'll do battle with the world, and it'll overcome the world. It can do battle with Satan, and you can make him flee. Hallelujah. The truth is, the devil is programmed to flee from you when you speak the word. That's what the Bible says in James 4. He says, submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And the way you resist him is by speaking the word of God. Saints, the devil tries to keep you silent. As a matter of fact, a lot of Christians have become silent believers. Silent prayers, etc. And this is not scriptural. Uh, it, but it is scriptural to speak God's word. I'm not saying that you can't have silent meditation at times. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying that you need to speak. But when it comes to praying, brothers and sisters, you need to open up your mouths. Because if you don't say it, you're not going to see it. And if you don't see it, it's only because you're not saying it. Yesterday, or I said this morning, just as I was finishing up my message yesterday, I had a phone call that really hit on what I was speaking on today. And that is Satan had been attacking this lady in a lot of ways. And he had been trying to get her into the realm of sense knowledge. In other words, get her to focus on the things that she could see, feel, and hear and get her out of faith. And I reminded her that she had a lot of prayers going up. And we do not know which path that the Lord will use to answer those prayers. But one thing she can be sure of, and that is God, has, God had nothing to do with any of the bad things, only the good things. Because we know that the good things, only good things come from Him. The Word says all good gifts come from God, and we know where the, all the bad stuff. And I told her that she was going to have to move into the speaking mode and start declaring out loud the Word of God and be like a David. Say, Lord, I don't... 
and say, Lord, I don't know what your plans are for me, but I know they're to do me good and not harm. Satan tried to take me out, destroy me. Some of you could pray the same prayers, but you have turned what Satan meant for my harm and, use, and, and that you're using it for your glory, my good. Thank you, Lord. And Lord, help me to walk in love with my superiors and co-workers. For according to Galatians 5, 6, as far as our relationship in Christ Jesus is concerned, it doesn't matter whether we are circumcised or not, the Bible says, but what matters is a faith that expresses itself through love. And I'm telling you right now, if you're having problems and getting your uh, prayers answered, one of the things you might want to check is your love walk. Faith and love working together just like the car runs on gas. No gas, no car run. But they are making some that will. But right now, you need gas. So in order for the prayers, we've got to walk in love. You want to walk in love and unforgiveness. That's, that's one of your biggest things. That's, that's what God's all about is love. Love one for another. Love each other as he has loved us. That's what it's all about. We can make all the confessions we want to. We can quote the Bible day and night. As Pastor Cindy was saying, we can fast and we can pray. And we still won't get anything if we're not walking in love. The word says that faith works by love. But if we're not walking in love, our faith won't work. According to Romans 8, 5, love has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So we don't have any excuse for it. I know I've personally been healed of many things in my body over the past several years. And I've had other miracles in my life with other things. So I know that the word works. But like I said, whether you need healing for your body or you need a better job or maybe financial prayer, it will start by praying and speaking God's word over it. It will come by praying and believing. No other way. You have to do your part, brothers and sisters. You have to do your part. I would like to close in prayer. Father God, I thank you so much. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your faithfulness. Even when we're not faithful, we thank you that you're always faithful. I thank you for your appearance here today, for your, for your presence. And Holy Spirit, I just thank you so much for giving me a spirit of boldness that I might speak the word of God with great boldness, that I don't have to be afraid because you did not give me and you did not give my brothers and sisters a spirit of fear, but you gave us a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. So Father, I thank you and I give you all the glory and all the praise and all the thanksgiving. I have not words to tell you how thankful I am for your visit and all the people that were healed today. Father, I, I thank you. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you that you are a healer, that you are our Lord and our Savior. We thank you for your shed blood that made it all possible. We just thank you. I thank you for beautiful Ashes Church. I thank you for all the members here and all those that came to listen to the word today. I thank you, Lord, that you opened up their eyes and ears to hear and receive, Lord. And I thank you, Father, that their spirits have been fed good food today and that, that when they leave, they're going, their spirits are going to be filled. And Lord, we just thank you again and pray your blessings on each and every one of them. For us in the name of Jesus, we give you all the praise and all the glory. Amen.